buyers can tend to first time buyers. Oh, we want to get in at the bottom of Manhattan. You know, if we were to be able to time the market, we wouldn't have to do it. Oh, let's buy here. Everybody buy here. Here's the bottom. No. And a lot of times buyers don't see where the bottom is until the market's rising again. Welcome to the John and Jonathan Sell NYC podcast, where experienced expert New York City real estate brokers, John Kostaska and Jonathan Conlon, break down what's happening in the market, what you need to know, whether you're a buyer, seller, or agent, and their insight into the future with a little bit of fun along the way. In this episode, John and Jonathan discuss everything you need to know about appraisals in New York City and give some insight into how important this often overlooked part of the buying process can be. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the John and Jonathan Sell NYC podcast. Mr. Conlon, episode, this is a very famous episode, episode 20. Welcome back. How are you, John G? You know what? I could not be better. <laughs> really? How's that for being up? Wow. I'm feeling in a good mood. You know why? Because I don't know. You had, had a lot of coffee today? Maybe a scone or two? I haven't had any sugar. I'm off sugar. Oh, no. Is it that time of year? It's not that time of year yet. It is. Every time Halloween passes, I'm off sugar <laughs> because I go into binge territory. For the week. Nevertheless, anyway. no, let's talk about So today, a bag of candy downstairs that I'm whittling away from my, as soon as my daughter goes to bed, I'm I like. <laughs> so anyway, uh, welcome back. It's good to see you. And uh, we're going to give our market up, update for the week. And then today we're talking about New York City appraisals, especially in a difficult market or in different markets, I should say. So, John Boy, what do you say about, what's your market takeaways for the week? Well, I would say the biggest takeaway from the, the weekly statistics that we get is that uh, from, uh, from the Corcoran Group is that we have the highest number of sales this past week um, uh, in all of 2020. So week over, uh, week, over week, basically. So. Listen, it's just, uh, as we've talked about every week, we see this, this momentum moving forward. Hopefully it continues. Hopefully, uh, you know, everything keeps moving in that direction. Yeah. Um, hopefully we catch up to inventory and, and help stabilize the inventory levels. That's the, the key factor, especially at those higher price points. Um, but so uh, another positive week in, in the numbers. How about yourself? Right. Okay. So, yeah, which I think is, is very telling, and we watch them very carefully every week. So the amount of contract signs are up 17% from this week to the previous week. About 92% of those contract signs are below the price point of $3 million. And with of that, that 92% below $3 million, 48% of those are below $1 million. So we're actually seeing from last week, all categories of apartments, new development, condos, co-ops, studios, one bedrooms, two bedrooms, everything is improving in my opinion, but the high end, real high end over 20 million, still very, very, very soft. Very so few things being done. Up. Very few things being sold up top. So I, I'm out to put a big plug for anybody wanting to buy a 20 million and above, we are the people to help Let's you. Let's fill in that gap, people. Let's fill it in because you could get a good 40 to $50 million apartment in the 20s. <laughs> How's that? So what are we talking about today, John? We're talking about 
appraisals and the uh, appraisals. of having them, what, what are they? And also navigating an appraisal in dealing with appraisals in good markets and in not so good markets. So in a nutshell, what is an appraisal? So an appraisal is a professional opinion of value uh, done by that. a third party to make sure that the, uh, the, the contract price is accurate. So a bank's going to loan, you know, typically eight, up to 80% loan to value here in Manhattan. So 800,000 on a million dollar purchase price, for example, they want to make sure that the apartment's actually worth a million dollars. Um, and look at it from an outsider's perspective. So correct, right? So the appraisals are done to evaluate the risk of the transaction, right? And the underwriters are looking at that. They're looking at the appraised value. So why don't? Since I think you're doing a very, very good job, how? What factors are considered in an appraisal? Now we also said that it was third party, correct? You did say it, it was a third party. You did say it was a third not party. Not affiliated with a bank or a broker or anything yeah. like that. Yeah, an appraiser is going to look at things, uh, values and, and their data points are gonna be very similar to what you and I look at. When we go to meet a seller and talk about value and so on and so forth. Now, so they'll look at size, obviously, uh, location of the building. They'll look at things, uh, predominantly things that have traded within the building, if there's good comparables within the building. And if not, if there's nothing there and they need to look outside the building, they'll look within a small radius um, to see in like, like buildings um, in the, with the same, you know, room counts, bedrooms, bathrooms, uh, condition, et cetera. And then they actually have, they're a little bit more formulaic about it. They have additions and subtractions that they, uh, that they put in their calculations based off of, uh, you know, one less room here, if they're extrapolating, it's much more for much more uh, formulaic than what you and I will necessarily do. We don't have a specific value tag to, um, to a number of rooms or, or what have you. Um, so, uh, it, it is very similar, but also very different than what you and I will do. We'll take a broader stroke. We'll take more into account on the, uh, on the current market. Uh, whereas they will look really at apartments that have, uh, actually traded. So they can be a little bit behind in terms of, uh, what's actually sold and closed. Uh, or possibly what's in contract if they're really struggling to, to find things uh, to compare it to. Um, so it's, uh, then they write up a whole big report and send it on to the bank and to the, to the prospective purchaser. And we as brokers are always very concerned about, about the appraised value. If we're working with someone who is financing, somebody who's paying cash for the transaction, it's not so much, it's not a challenge or it's not a consideration, but someone who is financing, particularly in regarding what's called a financing contingency, if they waive that financing contingency in their contract, the burden of securing their financing is on the buyer. So that means that they must secure the financing or they have to pay cash for it or find or pay more put down. So the appraised value is tied to, uh, is very, very important. We needed to appraise out at the sales price or we wanted to, 
or sometimes we want it to appraise higher if we can even get it there. Most of the times it's going to appraise out at the number where we run into issue and we've run it, we've been through several cycles together is when the appraised value is lower than the purchase price. And usually that's in a declining market. Yeah, where very rarely happens. I mean, in my tenure, I've probably seen 500 appraisals come across, you know, come across my desk uh, as a part of transactions. I will tell you out of those 500, I've had two that haven't appraised out. And one was above the price and one was below the price. Um, and they were also very close. They were within like 1%, 2% of the, of the contract price. So I don't think we need to uh, uh, exacerbate the, the risk here because it is most of the time appraisals come in at that contract price. Where they, where they have issue is when, the, um, when there's not many transactions happening. Yeah. So for instance, in the beginning of COVID, when we had Terry Darling on our, uh, on our uh, you know, good vibes with John and Jonathan, our lunchtime chat with John and Jonathan, we had, uh, he was having issue with getting comparable sales for appraisals which needed to be done. So there we can run into issue with the apartments appraising out lower. I agree, we haven't, ha we haven't seen it. However, this year we did see it on both sides of the fence. One was the t a townhouse deal that we did in Brooklyn where it appraised out for significantly oh, less. Right. I forgot about that one. More than because they wanted in a bidding war. Yeah. And fortunately, my, my customers had a lot of money to be able to put down more money because when it does not appraise out, you've got to put more cash down. If your loan to value is X on 80% of this value, and the value is less, the appraised value is less, then you only get to finance 80% of the appraised value. Yeah, you get the lower of the, they use the lower of the two. But then recently, as COVID has gone on, pleasantly, I did a small transaction just three weeks ago. and The apartment appraised out, I think, $15,000 above the contract price on a junior one bedroom home on East 87th Street my junior one bedroom home huh. it appraised out with wells fargo above the above the contract price so i was very pleased by that so but most times like you said it will appraise out on the money so go ahead talk about a financing contingency in a contract which is very tied tied very very closely to appraisals uh, so just to explain to the to the audience what a, what we're referring to as a financing contingency here in New York City, there's a, a standard clause in the Bloomberg contract of sale uh, is a contingency that says if the buyer goes through their financing, uh, it, it stipulates a certain amount. So let's just give an example, a million dollar purchase, the buyer is gonna do 80% financing. So in the contract, the standard language for a contingency will say, John and Jane Doe or whatever is, allow, is allowed to get financing. And if they're uh, unable to acquire said financing within a specified number of days, the standard would be 30 calendar days, to get to a commitment letter from the bank, um, they're allowed to back out of the deal and walk away basically unscathed. They get their 10% deposit back because here 
it's a 10% deposit on the contract that the seller's attorney holds in escrow. So when you talk about waiving the contingency, uh, it's, it's taking the buyer taking the risk of getting the financing onto their shoulders. So they still could be allowed to get financing, um, but it's no longer contingent on said financing. So it really puts a buyer that's financing, uh, it gives them much more power, gets them close to an all cash deal uh, and puts them on par with them because it really, it puts their money where their mouth is. Uh, and that 10%. But where does that leave us then? So the importance of, um, first of first and foremost, when working with purchasers, okay, to make sure that the purchaser is qualified and make sure that they're qualified through a very, very, very good mortgage banker, you know, and not to put, uh, you know, the cart before the horse here. That's yeah. so important to qualify the buyer. And then also to, I'm working with a buyer right now who is really, really, really stretched. You know, he wants to buy something up here and he really should buy something down here and he doesn't want to do that. And I've, I had, I had a hard, heart to heart conversation with him. And I said, I'd rather you go into a rental temporarily and we figure this out to give yourself some breathing room because yeah. a lot of times buyers think the market's turning. You know, like, like in Wall Street, the market's going up, it's going up, it's going up, and now everybody's going to jump in at the top when you should be saying, oh my gosh, let's pull the money out. Let's, let's be on the sidelines. Let's think more rationally. Buyers can tend to, first-time buyers, oh, we want to get in at the bottom of Manhattan. You know, if we were to be able to time the market, we wouldn't have to do it. Oh, let's buy here. Everybody buy here. Here's the bottom. No. And a lot of times buyers don't see where the bottom is until the market's rising again. So where, how does this relate? So bottom line is make sure that A, the buyer is qualified, has the amount of reserves here. God forbid something does happen with the appraised value, but just to educate the buyer as much as we can within the course of the process of buying. Because if unforeseen circumstances happen, such as what happened to me with a big townhouse transaction, and I talked with my client, I said, look, you're paying up for this apartment, for this house, it may not appraise out. Do you know what that means? You, and he had plenty of money. He said, yeah, I get it. I have to put more money down if it doesn't appraise out. And lo and behold, it didn't appraise out. Yeah. Well, I was covered. <clears throat> and he was not that happy, but he did. And they have a beautiful house to live in now. So anyway. And they'll be in it for a very long time. And that little bit of difference isn't going to make yeah. it. In exactly. the long run, isn't going to make a bit of difference, you know. Yeah, but and then recently, the little the little transaction where it appraised out higher, I looked actually really good. Yeah, I planned it that way. I negotiated it so low. Yeah, I mean, usually our interaction with appraisers is very limited. I mean, they come in and they, I, they yeah. take a few pictures and we chit chat with them about the market, and they. I will tell you one thing, Jonathan, and I would venture to say you're the same thing. The appraiser gets the red carpet treatment, in my opinion. I make sure I am Mr. Personable. Oh, please, here's my comparables. Here's you a four plan. everybody, John. Do you need, no, not everybody. Oh, please, <laughs> would you like something to drink? Oh, can I take any more pictures? Oh, wait, let me explain to you what they did in the apartment. I go through it with a fine tooth comb because I'll tell you what, I want this thing to appraise out on the money. I don't want to have to go back to the buyer and say, oh my God, you got to put them out another $10,000.
Yeah. I don't know about you. When we meet with them, we got to make sure that we point out all the little things, especially if it's in a situation where we feel like it's the, the appraisal is going to be a challenge to get. I mean, we, we will take comparables to give to them. We will defend that price. We will defend the price as best we can. I mean, of course, they're always, they're going to do their own thing. They have their own process and such. Um, But we've had very good, uh, very good luck with, uh, with all of our appraisals. Yeah. What's interesting is during COVID times, they were doing drive-by appraisals oh, oh, for yeah. these buildings. So they were just going, and I believe they were doing that outside the city as well, but in Manhattan. They did they it on my house. Go to the, the building and just snap a few pictures, and then they would use the pictures from the brokers, Yeah. Um, which obviously are always staged a little bit, and sometimes they're Photoshopped or virtually staged. And they look much better. So I think we, we've kind of backed out of that now. Now they're going back into apartments and such. But um, it, it was how they got around it is they decided, well, for safety reasons, you got to use what you got. And, uh, and thankfully, we didn't have any issues during COVID times for, uh, on appraisals either. So yeah. Anyway, I think we're the day, I think as, as is always the case with all the different topics we talk about, Knowledge is power. You need to, as a, as a consumer, as a buyer, you need to, if you're not, and believe me, there's plenty of information that you're probably never going to retain, which leads you all back to having a level of trust with whoever that real estate advisor is in your corner so that they can guide you and say, this is what you need to look out for. And if they don't remember to do it, they have somebody to do it for them. So that's where we come in. Well, listen, everybody. Thank you very much for being part of our John and Jonathan Sell NYC podcast. It was a quick one today. It was. It was good. It's efficient. We're quick. And if you and have any other questions about appraisals or contingencies, et cetera. Oh, absolutely. Where to find us. We're here. We wish everybody a great weekend. Thanks for watching us. And, um, and most of all, remain in gratitude. We'll see you right back here next week. Thanks for watching or listening to the John and Jonathan Sell NYC podcast. If you want to find us online or sign up to get our monthly and quarterly market stats, come on over to our website, johnandjonathansellnyc.com, or find us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and everywhere else with the handle at johnandjonathansellnyc. And if you want to grab the show notes, go to johnandjonathansellnyc.com slash podcast. If this show was entertaining, helpful, or informative, consider telling friends or family or leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Those are some of the best ways of supporting our efforts, and we would greatly appreciate it. Thank you again for tuning in. We can't wait to share what's coming up next, so subscribe to the podcast to make sure you don't miss our next episode, and we'll see you next time.